Welcome to Check-Ins with Jess, where you check in with yourself as we talk about the hard stuff, validate your feelings, and make sure you are seen and heard. I'm your host, Jessica Adjman. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to those that keep showing up after each episode. Seems like the weeks just fly by and having to, you know, record again and they're just adding up and it's been a lot. I'm really excited that people keep listening to all these episodes. So thank you so much for being here. On today's episode, I will be talking about my faith crisis that happened a year and a half ago. I said I would talk about this in previous episodes and dive into it, so finally doing it. It's not that I like to talk about all these things or, you know, want sympathy or anything for that. It's I just went through a lot in a very short time period, and I don't want anyone to have to feel what I felt and have to go through what I did, but if you have to, just going through it a little bit differently and coming out a little bit better and not feeling as alone. So I'll be going over, you know, just my thoughts and feelings and emotions that went through all of that. I will not be sharing any specific material. I will not be sharing quotes, research, like nothing. I strictly want this to be only about what it was. And that's why it's labeled five things no one tells you about having a faith crisis. Things that kind of just that pulled the rug from under me. So I can't wait to dive in, but first let's do our check-in. It's going to sound weird, but first let's just do a deep breath in and out. How are you really doing? How did you give and receive love this last week? What ongoing supports do you need in your life right now? What parts in your life make you happy right now? Were you able to get sufficient time for self-care in? The affirmation I chose for this week is, I am not the person I used to be, and that is a beautiful thing. I really liked that. Obviously, it resonated with me because it is true. The person I was a year, year and a half ago, especially two years ago, I'm not the same person. And I'm just grateful for the things I have gone through and have bloomed and blossomed and just been planted in lots of different ways I didn't know that was possible. So I think it's easy to not give yourself credit for that, but we should look back on that time and just be so grateful and graceful that that person was so courageous to do what she did and just acknowledge all the work that she put in and effort and just to applaud her and be so so loving with her as as you move forward okay so let's dive into it my faith crisis took place a year and a half ago like i said It happened for a number of reasons, but the first thing, an event that kind of catapulted and snowballed into a lot of things was that someone close to me came to me and told me that they were leaving the church that I am a part of. And again, like the rug was swept beneath me. I had never had anyone close to me leave. And yeah, it just threw me for a loop. But like I've told this person that has felt bad that they were the reason, you know, that this all happened, I said, this would have happened eventually. I promise you, if it wasn't, when it happened, it would have been years down the road. 
it would have eventually happened because of how I worshipped at the time. I just had literally no foundation, even though I thought I did, and it would have happened eventually. I do not recommend it to anyone. It's not fun at all, but I'm grateful for the hardship of it all to have gotten where I am today because I couldn't be where I am without it and without going through all that. Again, I'm not going to go into any specifics, but I am briefly going to talk about just the beginning of that. You know, the the backstory a tiny bit about, you know, my religion growing up, the religion I was born into, raised my entire life, is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, also known as the LDS Church, the Mormon Church. I grew up in a small town, very small, few thousand people was 90% this religion. So my high school of 400, 90% of those kids were this religion. This religion was all I knew. I was very invested in it. Eat, breathe, live, sleep, like whatever. This religion was who I was. I could not identify myself without it. I considered myself having, haven't exactly dived into it yet. You know, that's next on the therapy list, but somewhat of a religious OCD type of thing where I would have to do all these things and these lists of stuff and I was very obsessed with it. I would spend hours and hours and hours just diving into material and writings and just a lot of stuff. There's a thing called seminary that was on campus at my high school that you could walk across the street and go to for an an hour like for class and I was on the seminary council people probably would have called me teacher's pet or whatever. I stayed after class. Like, I answered everything. I was just so in it. That's what I knew. You, I didn't question things. I just, this is what you do, even if it's just a checklist. In that religion, you can, when you come of age, it used to be 19 and 21 for girls, but now it's 18 for boys, 19 for girls. You can go on a mission you get called you could go two hours down the road or you could go across the world to a different country and they made the age change while I was in high school and ever since then ever since that day I prepared to go on this mission for when I was 19. So for two years I went to extra classes and other things to prepare me for that and that was my eat sleep breathe live it again was preparing to serve on this mission. I did not know for a while that I was basically just, in a way, going through the motions. I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't pray hardly ever. I didn't have a true foundation, and I didn't really even know that until me and my husband started dating. Again, you know, I said, I'm going on a mission. I've, I've sworn off guys. My papers were in. And I had everything done. I was going to go. Obviously, I fell in love and got married and started a family instead, which is totally fine. We would talk about religion all the time. He did suffer mission, but I just started telling him things I had never told anyone. And just being very vulnerable, I remember talking on his porch late at night, looking at the stars, just getting emotional and crying. And he eventually got emotional, just me being you know, distraught and upset of, I don't really even know how to pray. I don't know these, like, basic things. I don't really know who God is. I don't, 
I don't have a relationship with him. It was just a lot, but it still was my identity. I never really doubted anything. I never faltered. Got married in the religion, continued to be a part of the religion. Absolutely no doubts at all. But when you leave home and whether that's college or starting a family or getting married or it's harder to continue doing those things in the religion because nobody's watching you. No one's telling you what to do. So you kind of have to figure out why you're doing things and what if you want to continue doing them. So I would, that's when I started to get a little lazy and going through the motions and it still was never rocky. I still never questioned anything. Yep. So it took 20, 25 years to get to that point, but it had been building up a while of things, little things I questioned or things that just didn't make sense or not putting in the work to really have a foundation of the religion. That's why the rug was swept underneath me, I felt like, and my world just kind of turned upside down. So getting into the five things that no one tells you, kind of going through the middle chunk of it. First, I just think no one tells you how utterly alone you will feel. I only told my husband and one other person for those four months. Four long, excruciating months where I did not know who I was anymore. I had had this religion embedded in me and my identity, so I took that away, and I did not know who I was without this religion when it was put up in question. But that utter despair, that loneliness was so awful. It felt like I was the only one going through this. I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't tell anyone. It kind of is frowned upon. You know, people say it's not, but you kind of just don't have doubts in the religion I'm in. No one really talks about it. But yeah, number two, this no one tells you the slew of emotions you'll feel. You know, confusion, anger, despair, lost, ashamed, embarrassed. It was a lot, the whole emotional roller coaster. That's what I felt every single day for four long freaking months. It was so, so, so hard. Number three, no one tells you that God will be the last person you want to talk to. I think on both sides of everything, all the voices were so loud and I had to just shut them out. It was just too exhausting. Everything was too loud and I just quieted everything, stopped doing everything and kind of numbed out. And number three, no one tells you how it'll affect your daily life. I had no idea it would affect my sleep, eating, daily functioning. It was a lot. Some days to just get through the day, I would have to just like put it in a container and put it on the shelf in my brain, metaphorically, because I literally could not go there. I couldn't continue my day. I would pull over from driving, just bawling, crying. Me and my husband would end up usually, you know, arguing about it when it would get brought up because he was super passionate on one side. I was super passionate on the other side. I was just like, this doesn't make sense. I'm not okay with all these things that I've read and found out. And then, yeah, number five, the no one tells you, you'll have to start from scratch. It was funny. I looked at the definition of what that saying means. And starting from scratch literally means from the very beginning, especially without utilizing or relying on any previous work for assistance. You literally have to wipe your slate clean, erase the whiteboard. You have to start over with that foundation, whether it is in the religion or out of. It's a lot of work. 
I'm one that Googles 20 things a day. I do not rely on myself a lot. I doubt myself a lot. I have to know things. I have to know what's coming. I plan things out like an insane person sometimes. It can work in my favor and not. But not having these answers was the hardest for four months. So yeah, I had to figure out who I was. I had to develop that relationship with God first and then build off of that. But for four months, I didn't do any of that. So slowly, slowly at the right time, my heart was able to open and then I built off of that. It was very slow. I didn't just like jump right back into everything for sure. But I am grateful for this experience because it has changed my perspective on religion, other humans. You know, I just also realized that I'm in control. I'm in control of what my truth is to me. And I'm able to be in a place that I'm happy for others that have found peace by staying or leaving my same religion or just any religion in general. I came across a thing on Google saying, how to get out of a faith crisis, four things. It intrigued me. And it said, number one, keep doing the same habits you're doing before. Number two, tell your community about your crisis. Number three, make space for God to reveal himself. And four, be patient. (laughs) That just cracked me up because I literally did none of those things. And it's funny, it was just like the little first thing on Google. If I were to go back and do it again, I definitely would have tried to tell a few more people. It's very, it's a very personal thing, but I feel like I wouldn't have maybe been as alone. But just to those who are going through this right now or you have in the past, know that you aren't alone. You're not the only one. And you don't have to have all the answers day one. It's not going to be a linear journey. And if you choose to leave or stay in the religion you're part of, all your problems won't be fixed right away. Day one, you know, it's not going to be linear. There's going to be really hard days where that peace you have found and accumulated for however long, it'll be shaken. It will not be the same and you'll keep having to work to continue to find that peace. I usually ask this question on other interviews, but I wanted to use it for myself. The magic wand question of if I could change anything in society um, about faith crisis, but mostly what I would change about religion in general and how it's perceived with society, I would want to bridge the gap between those specifically in my religion, but all religions, of those that have left and stayed. I literally just love the visual of two hands reaching out to each other. I've just realized that we need to listen to others. We need to listen to each other, listening and learning about each other's stories and experiences. That is how you develop empathy for these people. That's how you might broaden your horizons or be educated and put yourself in their shoes of, wow, I I didn't know. When you say, you know, oh, I can't even imagine going through that, you know, certain trials. You can now because you are using your imagination to, wow, I can only imagine because I haven't had to go through this hardship, you know, whatever that is. Death, divorce, a loss in any way, homelessness, addiction, like anything, but you have put yourself in their shoes, so you're listening to them and trying to learn and support. I have really enjoyed this television series about Jesus that I've been watching, and it really paints a picture of him as a human and who he was and kind of becomes more real, you know, than just reading it from some ancient scripture, which is sometimes hard. 
but I'm just so grateful for this perspective with all the things I have learned knowing that Jesus was among sinners. He was among the disabled, the broken, the wounded, the lost. He not only healed these people, but these people were in his most inner circle. He wasn't judgmental. He would just sit with people. He would listen to them. He would heal them. You know, starting fresh from the beginning and trying to figure out my relationship with God and learn more about Jesus and who he was. I'm just very grateful for that because it's changed my whole perspective on people and I'm just able to see humans better and I'm so grateful for that eye-opening, broadening of the horizons, you know. With staying, I can question things if I want to. I can come to my own terms on things. I do not agree with a lot of the culture of the church I'm in. And I know I said I wouldn't say anything or it's not a quote or anything, but believing in any type of higher power is amazing. It can leave you in awe and wonder, just going out in nature and realizing that there is some type of higher power, whether you believe that's Mother Earth or nature or just some type of being, you know, or if you actually believe it's spirit, if it's one people, two people, whatever you believe, I would encourage you to try to find that higher power, just something else other than you, like maybe intuition or something where you go to when things are rough, a foundation something that can help you reset and just help you grow as a human. But because I believe in God, I have just felt his love for all his children. And I know that he loves you so, so much. And the times that I felt like God was so distant in my life, I realized that he's constant, like the stars, he's unchanging. That's what I believe. And I felt like I had drifted away very slowly And then all at once, and I slowly had to come back. But again, only because I wanted to. And I really had to deep dive into why I wanted to do things, what I believed, and how I was going to continue moving forward in this worship. But again, it is just so relieving and freeing to just not worry about it so much, you know, not put so much pressure or demand on myself of what I need to do, and just trying to be a little bit better every day, and continuing to be the that person and that I want to become of more Christ-like. I follow and, you know, I want to be an example like Jesus. And it's just freeing not to hold all this responsibility or judgment towards other people for leaving. It honestly is none of my business. It's no one's business when people leave religion and it honestly really shouldn't affect you because you should have that foundation yourself and you shouldn't put that on them. That's not their fault. You know, they had to go through their own thing. But yeah, just know if you have been in that position, I so feel you. It's it's a lot trying to figure out what you believe. And it's especially hard to stay in a certain space and believe differently or support things that maybe other people don't really support and to kind of more stand out in a way and not care what other people think. That is probably the hardest. But again, my foundation as of now It's not always going to be like this, you know, linear, but it is so strong at this point that it wouldn't matter how someone else worshipped or what they're doing. It doesn't matter because I'm focusing on me, staying in my lane, not looking to the left or right, which was really hard growing up in a town where everyone is of the same religion and everyone seems to be looking at each other and, you know, you just, that's all you have to do in a small town. It's gossip and, oh my goodness, she did this? Oh, why is she wearing that? Oh, she left the church? Oh, I can't believe she did that over the weekend. 
oh, it's so hard to not think like that. When I did grow up in that environment for so long, I believe anywhere you are, you can have these same perspectives and can see yourself differently, humans differently. You can just come to terms with whatever you want, whatever you want to believe, whatever you want to worship. It is about you and your mental health. Nobody else can make this decision but you. I think that's what killed me, that broke me, that no one else could do this. I had to do this. I had to put in the work and I avoid conflict. I'm a people pleaser. I don't like to do hard things. Like, a lot of us probably don't want to. This was so, so hard because I had to put in that work and effort and time. And it was rough. It was so, so hard, but I came out of it. On the better end of it, I feel like I was able to find peace. Yeah, I'm just super passionate about moving forward with other people that have had to go through that or will have to in the future, knowing that you're not alone, even though you feel like you completely and utterly are in that moment. Try to talk to someone about it. One person, you know, I'm glad I at least had that one person, even if it wasn't always perfect, you know, but because that person loved me so, so much, in the end, that person just wanted me to be happy, whether or not I stayed or left. So just try to confide in someone that you trust in your innermost circle so you do not have to go through this alone because you are not the first and you will not be the last. And just know that you can always confide in me or talk to me if you need to. My DMs are always open. You can email me. I will always be a listening ear. And again, I might not tell you what to do because that's something you need to figure out, but I will listen. I will be that person that you need to help you through this. Our world just would be so much better if we all just dropped our pride, dropped our ego a little bit, and just listened to people. I know that was a tough one, a long one, but thank you so, so much for listening. I'm really appreciative to people that do listen to these controversial topics. It is vulnerable for me to talk about, but I do enjoy opening up these conversations that I feel like aren't talked about enough. So yeah, I just appreciate you. Thank you so, so much. If you enjoyed this episode or others, please rate and review. I've not had a review in a few months. I would love to keep adding to those. It really helps me to be able to get awesome guests on, for it to be searchable on iTunes for other people to find, and just stay relevant. Tag me if you're listening, share with others. I just so, so appreciate you. You are doing a great job, my friend. You are an amazing human. Keep doing what you're doing. If you're in survival mode, I so feel you. If you're in thriving mode, yay, I'm so happy for you. Each day might look different, though, but just know you're doing a great job. Keep going. Again, listen for that meditation music at the end. Take a break. Go into a quiet space and just try to meditate. See what comes up. Clear your mind. Give yourself grace. And I'll see you next time on Check-Ins with Jess.
Thank mm-hmm. you.